The Way Out Podcast, episode 165. Harassment and predatory behavior is a reality in and out of the rooms of 12-step recovery. To pretend it isn't or to ignore it makes us part of the problem. Many of us new in recovery are perhaps experiencing a reawakening of our sexuality. And that's normal and sometimes difficult to handle. We may want to act on those desires in a way that's not healthy, and ultimately this can undermine our own and another's recovery. That's where the principles of the program come into play, as well as having good role models in recovery, including a sponsor to help guide us in these situations. I don't think we can universally presume we know another's intentions or motives, and I try to stay far away from that kind of prejudice. Honest attempts at relationships and recovery, regardless of how much time one has, are not the same as overt behavior that is harassing or predatory in nature. I know many who are both in the 12-step program whom have met and have wonderful relationships that wouldn't exist otherwise. And this is beautiful and should be celebrated. The best that we can hope for is that we all strive to be the best examples of recovery we can be on a daily basis so that those who want to get better in mind, body, and spirit have good role models to look to. I am responsible for my intentions, my motives, my thoughts, and my behavior. And just for today, I'm going to ask the God of my understanding to help make them pure and aligned with his will. Mm. And that's how I feel about the, the, the 13th step. It was like a light switch went off. My, my sponsor told me, just point her in the direction of some good women meetings oh. or, or, or introduce her to a strong woman in recovery that oh. you know, that you trust. And I was like, that's a great fucking idea, dude. And honestly, by following that suggestion, not only was I probably doing more of a service for them, but I took a huge load off of my own shoulders. Like, because I think it complicates the whole, and trust me, it's hard enough trying to like help other men um, get, get to a place of homeostasis where they can sustain this recovery stuff but i think that's always gonna even if maybe you don't feel attracted to the woman and you try to like sponsor a female or just be like a really like go-to like new best friend kind of like i'm gonna introduce you to everybody i know kind of deal dude feelings are gonna get in there for one of you i guarantee it it's just weird how that works you know we can't spend we can't spend uh significant amounts of time with a person of the opposite sex without one of them i'm not saying that you've never had it happen to you because maybe you weren't the one but one of them gets feelings right so one of them's gonna catch feelings and shit's gonna get more complicated welcome way out faithful and first timers to this week's installment of the way out podcast we appreciate your ears our mission is simple to bring you powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics so you can jumpstart or re-energize your recovery from alcoholism and addiction. 
The Way Out podcast does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. The Way Out podcast partners with All Recovery Rings and allrecoveryrings.com, where you'll find stunning recovery rings made from your very own recovery coin. That's allrecoveryrings.com. The Way Out podcast is a proud supporter of Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check us out on the web at www.wayoutcast.com. There you can subscribe to ensure you get the latest episodes first on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Help us recover out loud by giving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Your voice matters, so share your thoughts on recovery with us by calling us at 218-382-1960 or leaving a message with us on the Anchor app, available for Android and Apple. Every week, we'll be asking for your thoughts on next week's topic. Someone, somewhere, needs to hear your share. Finally, a word of caution. This podcast may contain strong language and mature content. Listener discretion is advised. The Way Out podcast is on right now. Along with Jason, I'm Charlie, and this week we're taking controversy head on as we dedicate an entire episode to the oft-discussed, mostly misunderstood, and definitely unofficial Step 13. Nary a topic in recovery invites more heated discussion and debate than that of Step 13. Folks in 12-step recovery accuse one another of it, make light of it, and indeed engage in this type of behavior which can have detrimental and even severe and irreparable consequences to the targets of this sometimes harassing and predatory conduct. We ain't gonna run from discussing this hot button issue, nor are we going to invoke recovery literature to justify the occurrence of this behavior in 12-step recovery rooms and clubs. We'll discuss the risks of this behavior, and they can be grave, what you can do to protect yourself, whether you're a guy or gal, and what you can do to avoid engaging in it yourself. Hint, it has a lot to do with practicing the principles of the 12 steps, And in the meantime, we'll be sharing all sorts of spirited feedback from the sober and serious community. So listen up. Jason, welcome to episode 165 of the Way Out podcast. We're tackling a a clearly very contentious topic in the unofficial 13th step. Yeah, this is, I was, I don't know. I I was wondering, I was wondering how this would go um, as far as with the, the listeners and it it should be interesting you know i'd like to hear feedback you know what i mean i I always would and stuff i'm always trying to get people to call but unfortunately we didn't get any calls on this topic either and Um, you know what it may be a blessing in disguise based on how many comments (laughs) we got 
on the topic on Sober and Serious. To put it in perspective, we got two comments for step 12. We got 65 comments on step 13, which to be clear, isn't even really a step. So clearly people (laughs) have their opinions on this topic indeed and it was funny too because you were getting straight attacked on a couple of those uh comments where like you didn't even like word your question in a or your topic or whatever in a um way where you were seeming to go one way or the other you just wanted to know you know what, what people's take on it was and like if they had any advice and it's like a couple people just ripped your ass yeah absolutely dude it was interesting <laughs> too because i Two, two things as I constructed the topic were of paramount to me to try to come off as neutral as possible on yeah. the subject. I mean, Which I was trying did. to be Switzerland, man. Which you did. <laughs> and then well. also I wanted it to be short enough where it was, you know, uh, um, it, that it stayed in the graphic background so people would notice it. Those are my two primary goals and still you're right uh, a couple of fo- uh, well more than a couple teed off on my <laughs> yeah on like my you were head. fucking a piece of shit because you were trying to get some how, shit started how dare you how <laughs> dare you oh well yeah you know what you can't what did we say the other week dude it's like we don't shy away from nah, controversial, controversial subjects we we want to talk about as much as we can talk about so people can get the most out of this this uh, podcast. So there you go. And I think it's actually a good thing that people were fired up. I, I, I didn't take any of the very personal attacks personally. Let's so go. that was good. You know, I felt like, okay, people are fired up about this and, you know, people have their opinions. And that's, and that's ultimately a good thing because we can then maybe have a discussion that is meaningful around right. clearly something that is uh, a bit of a um a bit of a hand grenade <laughs> in recovery Dude, groups that's well said man well said because yeah this is the hard conversations those are generally the most productive ones that can institute uh, the beginning of a change of mindset or you know how you feel about something you gotta you gotta go there you gotta have the hard conversations to to get there so Absolutely. So let's define the 13th step, at least for purposes of this episode. Mm. It is said to occur when somebody who has more than a year of sobriety tries to start up a sexual relationship with somebody who is new in, with somebody who is new in recovery or less than a year sober. So that's what we'll use as our working definition. Although I'll submit that really I think when most folks think about the 13th step, they think about somebody who's acting in a predatory fashion. I don't know. I guess I think that there's different forms of it and like one of which it would be just hooking up in early recovery. You know, what like when you're you yourself are in your first year and it's not suggested, right? So, but but you're hooking up, and uh, and then two, there's the predatory side, and and I like I like that you point out, you know, people that are been in recovery that are purposely like going after 
um, newbies, you know, people that are at a specifically vulnerable point. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's so many different, I think, ways that it can show itself or, you know, occur personally. So I don't know if I'd be able to come up with like a peg, peg down, like a perfectly worded, uh, you know, definition if it, if it was up to me, but. <laughs> and perhaps there are more definitions of step 13 uh, than we'll ever be able to communicate and, 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 and bring to you on this show, right? So let's work with the one that we've got. And, and again, for me, uh, I will submit that there's a difference between having a relationship or recovery, even if it's in the first year uh, uh, and a 13th step. It, primarily the, uh, I think the essential ingredient is somebody who has long-term recovery um, targeting somebody that ha- is new in recovery uh, for a sexual relationship. So it would be like a 13th stepper I would think of as that because it's like somebody who's it's like a habitual thing. It's like a pattern and you see it happening over and over where they're always with someone who's brand fucking new or someone who's Bingo. literally drunk or high, you know, and whatever <laughs> hooking up. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to launch into a little bit of a, monologue about how I feel about the 13th step. And Jason, I want, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to really give us your thoughts on it, uninterrupted thoughts on it afterward. And then we can have maybe a discussion around this. We'll definitely be sprinkling in plenty of feedback uh, from the sober and serious community because we got a lot of it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so here we that'll go. The be, reality that'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be very, it'll be guys, very interesting. If you guys aren't on the page and you see it here, you'll be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> snap. Uh huh. The so, reality is that harassment hmm. and predatory behavior is a reality in and out of the rooms of 12 step recovery. To pretend it isn't or to ignore it makes us part of the problem. Many of us new in recovery are perhaps experiencing a reawakening of our sexuality. And that's normal and sometimes difficult to handle. We may want to act on those desires in a way that's not healthy. And ultimately this can undermine our own and another's recovery. That's where the principles of the program come into play as well as having good role models in recovery, including a sponsor to help guide us in these situations. I don't think we can universally presume we know another's intentions or motives, and I try to stay far away from that kind of prejudice. Honest attempts at relationships and recovery, regardless of how much time one has, are not the same as overt behavior that is harassing or predatory in nature. I know many who are both in the 12-step program whom have met and have wonderful relationships that wouldn't exist otherwise. And this is beautiful and should be celebrated. The best that we can hope for is that we strive, that we all strive to be the best examples of recovery we can be 
on a daily basis so that those who want to get better in mind, body, and spirit have good role models to look to. I am responsible for my intentions, my motives, my thoughts, and my behavior. And just for today, I'm going to ask the God of my understanding to help make them pure and aligned with his will. Mm. And that's how I feel about the, the, the 13th step. You wrote that, yeah? I did. <clears throat> nice. It really embodies all of it for me, man. Like, look, ultimately to, to pretend that it doesn't exist or pretend that it isn't a problem makes us part of the problem, 100%. When we're new in the program, often our sexuality reawakens, and that can be difficult. <laughs> it really can. I've experienced it. I know what that feels like. Yeah. Okay? Uh, and that's where those principles come into play. That's where good role models come into play. That's where a good sponsor comes into play, where I can practice good self-discipline around those newly awakened desires, right? Right. And not... Even past a year, those, those desires were in full force for me, right? And I had to be disciplined with them, something that was new to me. It wasn't easy all the time, but Absolutely. it was worthwhile for me mm -hmm. because it meant that I was acting the way I ultimately, I was acting like the person I ultimately wanted to be. Do you know what I mean? So when I sat in yeah. a 12-step meeting and I saw a really, really attractive uh, a female walk in and she had less than a year and it's normal to have those kinds of thoughts. That's right. normal, right? But I didn't act on them. Yeah, you don't have to uh, put action behind that shit just because right. you have a thought, an impure thought about somebody. I mean, if you you could really look at it in a different light and say, you know, I'm obviously have taking some interest in this person, but I can also see that they're clearly hurting, and like you could try to be there for them in a in a real way, you know, in a tangible way where you're trying to support them. Instead Absolutely. Of. And that was my, my intention was to then realign my behavior <clears> with <throat> what was in the best interest of them. And, you know, uh, if every single time it wasn't having sex with them, you know, it was, it was offering my experience, strength and hope. Right. Mm. And, and trying to be available to them in a in in any way that made sense but you know uh, somebody that comes in brand new that's a hot mess right like that's that the, I, I, it went against what the principles of the program that i was learning were and again ultimately went against who i really ultimately wanted to be and i right. and i made a career out of acting badly even though i wanted to be good hmm. right i made a i made a lifetime of acting badly even though i wanted to be a good person right and so in re in recovery 
I had to start acting like the person I ultimately wanted to be. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So give me, give it to me. Give me your <laughs> thoughts on me. the 13th step, man. Like, oh, I'm going to You've been in this you. program for a while. You've been <laughs> yeah. in the rooms for a good while. A little right? bit. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, well, for me, and like I said before, you know, that I, I feel like it takes many manifestations. So to me, um, you know, and maybe I got that twisted that when like two people, cause I feel like this, right? Like people are going to hook up. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. And it's only natural when we, especially I would argue even more so maybe for people that are serious about this recovery thing and really are trying to work their steps and, and, and build a network right around themselves and all these things that we need to do, right? Essential ingredients. Somebody that's doing those things, they start realizing what it's like to be vulnerable and that it actually is good for them. So, and they, and the, and that it's good for them to listen to others. So we're over here and we're, we're getting connected on some deep shit on much deeper than the surface level nonsense that we would get connected with out there. Right? Like, um, we're talking about things that maybe we never talked about with anybody. And now all of a sudden we've experienced that benefit a little bit and we open up the floodgates and we start talking about it with like, you know, many people in a lot of cases. And uh, for that reason there, I think that it only makes sense that <clears throat> it's super hard to get through a year, your first year of recovery without hooking up or trying to be in a relationship. Um, I know I, I had a couple uh, partners in the first year, so I can't say that I'm not guilty of that. Um, but I can say that I fell into that category. Like you said, Charles, with the, where the, your intentions, you got to check your intentions, right? And like, I wasn't intending on anything, you know, uh, except for like, I just felt like I was connecting with uh these women that, that I had hooked up with. And I, and it wasn't like, yeah. And it's hard to decipher that when you're looking at people in the program, if it's a, you know, maybe it's somebody who's seems to always have a different girlfriend, but maybe that guy's intentions are good. And like, he is really looking for the real thing. And like, you know, you can't, we can't pretend to know what's going on behind closed doors. We're not a fly on the wall. So it's hard to decipher between that guy and the guy that's actually targeting, you know, women and, and trying, and, and I wouldn't even just like, I feel like it's unfair to say that either because there's also, you know, it's goes the other way too. There's, there's women in the program that, absolutely do this to men too so absolutely there is i think when you're looking at it from that standpoint that there's there's gonna be these connections are gonna happen and they're gonna get deep quick and they're gonna become very powerful uh and you're you know like the trust the trust builds fast because of the nature of what we talk about but at the same time then um unfortunately we don't really know you know just because you talked about some deep personal things with each other and whatever had a couple rolls in the hay doesn't mean that you really know uh that person so sometimes you know secrets come out or or 
they do you dirty. They, they ghost you maybe or whatever the case is. And you know, that shit hurts. And I think it's important that we, uh, we recognize and consider the source and know that we're all here for a reason. And that's because we're sick in some way, shape or form. Um, and to give yourself some grace, because if your intentions are good, if you can do that and run, run the whole situation, whatever you might be going through, through a filter, and you can say from the bottom of your heart that, you know, you didn't have any kind of ill, you know, intention, then fuck yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with making a fast, close friend and, and uh, feeling safe with a person, safe enough to, you know, end up accidentally you know jumping into something that you really weren't ready for and sometimes it takes jumping into it to discover that we're not ready you know that's what happened to me with one of them um well with one of them it's you know <clears throat> we messed around for a little while it wasn't very long and and she was still in a kind of a custody battle and trying to get things sorted out for her children so we had to you know, and I respected that. I respected that she felt she was feeling guilty, that she was developing a strong connection to me. And I, I was all the whole time of the mind and, and very open about the fact that I didn't know if I was ready. I didn't feel ready for like a deep relationship. Uh, but she, she wanted to step back from that and stop doing it. And then with the other one, it was an ongoing, a longer, you know, kind of relationship, probably about six months or more. And, and I know there was a lot of strong feelings flying around, but I was very, uh, living in a fear-based mindset. I was scared. I didn't want to, you know, have anything left at my place. I didn't want to like hear any kind of L word. I, I didn't even like it. If like I was getting the doe eyes, you know, like catching, catching her looking at me, like, and just kind of gazing at me, like she was so into me because it freaked me the fuck out. And I was honest. I mean, I'll, t I'll say this, I was honest through that, but you know, through the whole process and I tried to end it a couple times, but then I couldn't stay away. And then finally I realized that it wasn't fair to her. It wasn't fair to me. And I had to end that. After that one, I went a, at least a year, if not longer without a relationship. And it was only once I was able to do that. Um, and I only, I only really did it, I think, because I uh, made those mistakes. And, and it, as much as I don't, I don't like regret them, like they were good experiences on the same token. But at the same time, it was just I went through so much shit over, especially that longer one that I, I knew like this is ridiculous and I got to fucking stop acting on my urges. Right. Or or like. I got to keep people at some kind of arm's length or something. So I did that for anyway. And then once I did that, I realized how critical and, and, uh, or beneficial, I guess would be a better word. It is when you can make the time and effort to do, do a program of recovery in a concentrated way with no, um, distractions like that. Uh, Bingo. And I think that's a, such a huge, uh, point you know outside of one ill-advised encounter I had uh, with a gal that actually had relapsed and I was going to save her you know oh, yeah. um, but this was right after my fucking fifth step by the way 
I, uh, so I, I immediately did something I had to make an amend for. But outside of that one ill-advised encounter, I stayed completely out of relationships, sexual and otherwise, with the opposite sex for over three years. Was it just like a one-night stand or was it a little? It, yeah, it, yeah, it was a one-night, yep. And it, and it didn't go all the way. Oh. And without getting super graphic. Third, third base? <laughs> well, like, like, third, like between third and fifth. Let's just say it was right well, you there. You got your fi- you got your fingers wet. <laughs> That's right. It was it was, it was uh, right there, and yeah. sort of uh, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and that was an that was a that was a bad decision uh, to uh, uh, bring her to my place. It was a bad it was just a bad mm. idea. It was a bad yeah. idea all around, man, and. Um, that's how uh, we so learn, man. A- it's how we learn, dude. For and real. I, For I think real. that's impressive, honestly. I mean, three years? Holy shit, dude. Like, I'm a little over three years clean now, and I'm like, I don't know. That shit even... Honestly, though, when like when I got into this relationship, I pretty much was like, fuck it you know i wasn't looking for nothing and i think it's so funny and it's just like so many other things in recovery like when you finally let go of that thing absolutely then all of a sudden it just comes into your life because you're not like looking for it no more you know worrying about or trying i think more importantly like you're not trying to like control shit right you're not trying to make something you're not trying to manifest destiny right right yeah. So therapist Melody Anderson suggests it creates uh, the 13th step, specifically when somebody has long-term recovery, target somebody who has a very little recovery. It creates a differing power ratio where someone is gaining power over someone who is weaker, and it can endanger both of their sobriety. Yeah. One thing I always want people to realize is this is not a gender thing. All sexes and all gender preferences can be predators. Yeah. And if you've been around 12-step recovery for long enough, you've seen it. Okay? It, it happens. And those are the situations, I think, that are the most egregious and the most dangerous when it's very clear that there's, oh, yeah. that there's an individual that has one motive right? <laughs> and it's to find somebody who's vulnerable or new or both and right. uh, uh, get them in bed. Right. Well, I know, I know for, from my experience, like I, there was one guy then I won't say no names or even really too many details, but there was one guy that tried to um, my, when I very first got in recovery, this was at the very, very beginning before I actually, when I was still relapsing a lot and stuff, he was one of them guys that I thought was kind of a pillar in there and I trusted him. And so did my girlfriend at the time who was an exotic dancer and she was much younger than me. Um, but he was really pouring a lot of energy into trying to help her out. And 
I didn't, I trusted it, you know? And then mm. uh, he, he tried to make, take the turn on her and he got very, um, handsy and mm. verbally abusive mm. about, about it. Like, cause he had been, you know, at this point he had given her money a couple times. He had been given her rides and stuff. So then he like kind of blew up on her and tried to rape her. And, um, anyway, it gets out. You know, she tells me and she tells a couple other people uh, who I love to pieces who are very um, outspoken individuals and not afraid to back down from from any kind of thing like this. So we we kind of set this dude up uh, and tricked him into coming to this restaurant and a big group of us were there. And I don't know, I think a couple people expected me to jump this guy. Um, I had been working hard on myself though at that time and I didn't, I didn't physically attack him. I didn't actually even like verbally attack the man because once he showed up, one of these people decided, you know, we had decided as a group that it would be better if like she talked to him. She's an older lady. Um, that a lot of us around here know and love. She's a big advocate and supporter of people in recovery. So, you know, she just wanted to put him in his place and let him know. And then this guy kind of disappeared. But as after the passing months, a lot of girls were coming forward with stories about this mm. dude. And it was really creepy, man. Yeah. You know, he yeah. had like a tanning bed in his house and a, a horse. And he would be like, you know, he would literally be like let, getting newcomer girls to let them stay at his place. And then he'd be like buying them their dope and shit. Oh yeah. So yeah, definitely. Like he, but a, he'd be coming around and yeah. waxing poetic an in the room. Yeah, in, right. Right. An intentional know? luring and targeting yep. of, and he didn't give a shit about their sobriety. So, absolutely. I mean, it happens. Another girl I know said she freaking got like taken hostage for a year by a dude oh and he God. was pumped and he was forcefully pumping dope into her. And this was somebody she met in a meeting that she thought she could trust. So I'm not saying, and I don't, I don't want to tell and these those stories are, I think, to scare the shit right, out of anybody. Are, that shit can happen, but that's rather rare and extreme. Yeah. And I try to always tell people, you know, like, cause dude, people get so offended in this program over slight shit, you know, stuff that's not even that bad. And it's like, I always tell them, consider the source, dude. None of us are in here because we're like healthy, you know, like granted, I might seem like this super great guy with a good head on my shoulders because my moral compass is a little bit, uh, you know, in a different way than some, but dude, there's some people that are in this program that you have no fucking idea of the shit they did. So, I mean, it's like, and we all know it's easy to come across as emotionally balanced and uh, Mr. or Mrs. Recovery or Ms. Recovery for an right. hour. Well, for you just talking hour. about that too. Like, that's why you started this show because you fucking used to just regurgitate the shit that you heard and you'd be going for the power share and trying to blow minds and shit talking about 100%. a bunch of stuff you didn't understand and you weren't even trying to fucking hurt anybody by doing no. that right. you just wanted people you know that's just some kind of like base need for acceptance or or uh, adoration or attention right like correct um and it's all it's all relative like we all have our stuff so i think that for people to act like um it's so fucking shocking 
when a lot of these things happen. It's like, no, it's not, dude. Like, what? Absolutely do you think not. We all know that uh, the rooms of twelve-step recovery are not bastions for emotional <laughs> well-being. What does it say in the big book? Like, t- patience, love, and tolerance is our code. Absolutely. And these, these to me, especially like this topic, in a lot of cases is exactly what that's about. And you might hear some crazy shit where people are all fucking up in arms and like everybody's all of a sudden turned against the person. And months later, you could end up finding out that that was like such a swayed, uh, beefed up story by the person who wanted to be perceived as a victim. Like you don't really know. So unless you're willing to come at it from a, a neutral standpoint with open ears and to listen to understand. And like, if you're willing to step into that role and have some lengthy conversations with those people, you know, at at the same time, then maybe you could make a sound judgment on it or figure out or get to the root of what's going on. But most times I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of bullshit flying around out of people's mouths because we're all master manipulators, sneaks, lies and cheats and shit in the program. You know? Absolutely. You know, and at first glance, it may seem like dating someone in a 12 step program is a good idea. You both have something <laughs> in common. You can understand where the other is coming from. However, right. especially in the beginning of sobriety, romantic relationships with anyone are discouraged when it comes to more, a, a more experienced member taking interest in a new member the potential negative outcomes of this type of relationship expand. Mm. And before I get into some specific dangers, hey, I always tell my sponsees they could have all the sex. They could have all the sex they want and all the sex they want. And after a year, they can have start having it with other people. <laughs> so that's, that's i've heard you my... said it before and that shit never gets less funny <laughs> ever right i love that 100 hey you know you have all the sex you want you know in that first year that's yeah. awesome. so anyway so with your hand with your absolutely or absolutely. whatever it's a great, whatever you got laying around in 100 percent 100 percent just uh uh, can't be with other people until after a year so some specific dangers of the 13th step include the following people in early recovery are highly vulnerable making advances on them specifically as they enter the group would make it easy to take advantage advantage of them and would be considered exploitative most addiction treatment experts recommend staying away from new romantic relationships for at least a year Early sobriety requires a lot of personal attention, and mm-hmm. romantic relationships of any type can be very distracting. The failing of the relationship, which in these cases is almost always guaranteed, can be used as a justification for relapse. Oh, yeah. It can also be a betrayal of trust, driving new members away even if they really need the support. And last but not least, and I've seen this in Alano's before, um, 13th stepping can cause the entire group to become dysfunctional. Well, at the same time, damaging the goals and purposes of working the steps with group backing. This can once again lead to many members not getting the support they need. And I'll add this. 
when a newcomer comes in, you may be the only example of recovery that they see. Right. Okay. Uh, and I want that to be the best example it possibly can be so that they come back. Right. I, I, I would they have a negative that. experience because of some sort of, um, you know, 13th step uh, um, uh, behavior that can not only be detrimental, it can be fucking deadly. So the the consequences can be really that grave, right? A lot of us don't make it back. That's for sure. That's what I'm saying, man. You go back out there and you take another hit of fucking dope and it's the wrong fucking hit. It's over. Right. Right. So this, this can carry some pretty grave consequences. Amen. Uh, and that's not just 13 stepping, but that's just trying to be the best example of recovery you can be so that, you know, folks come back and get better because that's what we want. Right. Amen. And I think it's too, that's a good point to bring up or a good place in this conversation to bring up like the, that there might be people who, you know, are feigning that they can't, you know, trying to really seem very caring and like they want to help that have ulterior motives, but there also might be people who are just like flat out, like, you know, bluntly, I, I just want to fuck. And, and I can and, respect you a little bit more if you just say, Hey, I want to, you know, fuck. Oh, right. For sure. But I mean, it's still funny because that shit works, dude, especially <laughs> with people in the early in the, that are really early because people are, you know, a lot of us are not all people, obviously, but a lot of us, you know, in our active addiction, we're used to that kind of lifestyle where it's just like, you know, I know I just met you three hours ago, but let's fuck, you know, Well, and let's be honest. Now there's no drugs. There's no alcohol. Yeah. Um, this could be fun for a while. Oh, yeah. And right. This could be a little bit is. of a new addiction distraction. Oh, right? dude. That's, I think, probably bar none, the biggest reason um, it's such a prevalent thing or issue or whatever, you know, with the hookups. I mean, like you had alluded to meetings, right? Like whole groups. I've been to so many meetings. That oh, yeah. My, one of my first home groups, actually, it was just like that whole group was like a big pussy dick patch. <laughs> And, and it was fucking everybody. Yeah. And like, like I said before, I mean, it makes sense when people are uh, getting to know each other on a deeper level than they usually know anyone. Um, so it is what it is, dude. I mean, it's all normalcy. As far as I'm concerned, I, I try not to. And like I said before, I try to take shit with a grain of salt. And like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to feel like a judge, judgmental about anyone i want to know more first you know i don't want to just assume that because old boy told me this story that that's fucking 100 percent accurate you know it's a great point to give people the benefit of the doubt which i never used to do before and i really try to do now because i really don't know what your motives are. I really don't know what your intentions are. You know, after observing you for some time, I may find those out, right? But I, especially at first, don't know what another's motives are. And I don't know what another's intentions are. And I find it, it's always best 
when I allow myself to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Damn right. You know, I mean, shit. What is that called? Uh, I think it says that in the big book too, like contempt prior to investigation or something. That's right. Contempt prior to investigation is... I got uh, that right. Is absolutely. And they talk about the spirituality piece there, but that I think applies to many other things in and out of the program as well. One thing I will note before we talk about some ways that you can protect yourself from a potential 13th stepper is that I've found, as you alluded to, Jason, you know, I can, I can get behind it a little bit more if somebody's like, hey, I just want to do it, right? Right. Uh, not that I'm going to fashion you a merit badge or anything if you're going around to 12-step <laughs> meetings asking newcomers if they want to do it. Because I'm not, <laughs> okay? No merit <laughs> badge from the Way Out podcast on that behavior. Like, right? you're fine. You want to fuck? <laughs> yeah, hey, baby. You know, you got three weeks. Let's do it. Mm. You know, I mean. Look at that ass. Right. But mm. nonetheless, <laughs> I could respect that at least a little bit more than the person who feigns like right. they genuinely care about them, like they, they're genuinely interested in their recovery, like they're genuinely there for them to support them in their recovery when really all they want is sex. And you can tell this person when they finally try to make an advance. And if you say no, that that is the point where their respect for you ends, you know, take that as a sign that they, because that's a pretty good indicator to me what they've been thinking about or plotting on or whatever, man. It's, I think that's fucked up. That's messed up. To that end. And I couldn't agree more. I think it's important. And it wasn't, it was important for me. When I felt drawn to an attractive woman in the program who was new, I needed to do a motive check mm. myself before I approached that person. Because I can, I can lie to myself and say, yeah, I really care about this person. I really, you know, but, but, but the reality is I want something else. Right. So I, needed to do a motive check before I, you know, um, asked a, um, an attractive newcomer out to coffee to share all my experience, strength, and hope, right? Let me tell you my life story. <laughs> right, exactly. And yeah. let me show you what a recovery rock star I am, right? Mm. And that motive check if she was really attractive and had less than a, a, you know, a year of uh, sobriety, always failed. <laughs> and so I didn't do it. Right. And that's important mm -hmm. to do that motive check. Am I really doing this or what I want to do? Is it really aligned with the principles of the program? Is it really because I want to help that person or is it because I want something? You know, when I, one of the most helpful things and I didn't, actually get this suggested or maybe I did and I just wasn't willing to listen to it until after um, I finally was like, yep, nope, more, no more, right? And I, I had ended that longer of my uh, early recovery relationship. I, I was talking about somebody, you know, that was really going through some things. I had known her for a while. 
it was by no means like I just met her. She had been in and out, you know, I had been in and out. So we knew each other for a while. Um, but it was like a light switch went off. My, my sponsor told me just point her in the direction of some good women meetings or, or, or introduce her to a strong woman in recovery that Boom. you know that you trust and i was like that's a great fucking idea dude and honestly by following that suggestion not only was i probably doing more of a service for them but i took a huge load off of my own shoulders like because i think it complicates the whole and trust me it's hard enough trying to like help other men um get get to a place of homeostasis where they can sustain this recovery stuff. But I think that's always going to, even if maybe you don't feel attracted to the woman and you try to like sponsor a female or just be like a really like go to like new best friend, kind of like I'm going to introduce you to everybody. I know kind of deal. Dude, feelings are going to get in there for one of you. I guarantee it. It's just weird how that works. You know, we can't spend, we can't spend uh, significant amounts of time with a person of the opposite sex without one of them. I'm not saying that you've never had it happen to you because maybe you weren't the one, but one of them gets feelings, right? So one of them is going to catch feelings and shit's going to get more complicated so i mean that was a good piece of advice that i got and i put it to use immediately and it really just uh lightened my load so to speak i didn't have to worry anymore about this shit you know that's a tremendous example of why it's important to sponsor people that are of the opposite sex that you're attracted to, right? If you're attracted to women, right, then you need to sponsor men and vice versa, um, get a, 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 a male sponsor and vice versa, right? So that when you do this really, really deep work, mm. that it doesn't get complicated by romantic feelings that make it difficult or even impossible to do, to complete the work we're really here to do. Right. So that's a tremendous point. I I just love how we can like, we can stop like thinking that we are all powerful and we can control anything, you know, like, I'm going to save, dude. And that's the thing, Jason, like you said, like, oh, there's this person and, you know, b- prior to being in recovery, well, I got to save this person or I got to, you know, no, 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 no. The, 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 the single best thing that I learned is what you learned, which was if it is a, 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 a girl or a woman that's new in recovery, point her to a, an all woman's group. Right. Or a really, really rock star solid female in recovery well and then i've gotten really and introduce used to, them and just say hey here's so and so she's great right and, and if she ever, can't help you she'll find somebody that can right and then and then i get to take a hands-off approach right right i get to be a good example and then i can feel good that she's in good hands if she so desires recovery 
at least now she's been shown people that right. are of the same sex as she is mm -hmm. uh, and vice versa, right? Like if you're a, a woman in recovery uh, and, you know, new uh, men come in, same thing. Point them to a men's group. Point them to the men who right. have solid recovery, right? <laughs> you're doing him the best favor you can by doing that. Right. And you ever in this situation and they and you try to do this and they tell you that they don't want to go to anybody else, that they want to do it with you, you know, they want to work with you, like they trust you. And um, you know, stand your ground because a lot of times in those cases, what you'll find is they never reach out to the people that you uh told them about. And it's that's nothing to do with you. You can't blame yourself for that because, you know, the fact that they, they were trying to connect with you. They weren't maybe a hundred percent really right. wanting it, to be absolutely. clean. They wanted to play clean so that they could like maybe play with your dingling or something. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like that's the, the show, right? That that's shit happens. The show. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's going on the front of the show. So some things you can do to, <laughs> some things you can do to protect yourself. Okay? <laughs> Choose not to date until you've had at least one year of sobriety under your belt. For the first year, staying sober should be your number one and possibly <laughs> only priority. It's uh, a when you do that's a tough to, one, too, by the way. It is, man, but I'll tell Even you Even if what, you make that choice, it's fucking hard. <laughs> for sure it is, but it's... The, one of the most important things I did for myself in my early recovery is stay Amen. out of relationships. It was, it was transformative because it yep. allowed me the ability to be able to uh, focus solely on my recovery and getting, and getting well. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, when you do yeah, want you to start dating, make sure you speak to your sponsor counselor and or support system before you do so. Dating and recovery can pose many challenges and can set you up for relapse if you are not well prepared. Amen. If you do choose to start dating someone in recovery, only do so when you are both secure in your sobriety. Yes. Uh, Think about getting a sponsor who will ensure no sexual attention, as we talked about, right? right. Um, if someone from your group is behaving inappropriately i.e. flirting too much, making unwanted advances, etc. Talk to your sponsor about it. Someone with more experience will be able to help you find the right course of action to deal with the situation while keeping your recovery the number one priority. Right. And last but not least, remember that you're not alone. If you ever feel threatened, reach out to your counselor, sponsor, or support system and let them know what's going on. Recovery meetings are supposed to be a safe place full of encouragement and hope. Your group does not give you that feeling then it's time to move on. And that's important. If there's a Amen. group that is toxic for any reason, this one included, there's, in most places, a plethora of options to choose from. Oh, yeah. Some not so much if you're in a rural area, and that could be a different situation. But for the vast majority of us, there's many, many options. And there's in the rooms.com. Yeah. Uh, so if you've got internet, you've got the ability to get a meeting that way too. Right. And I would say this too, because it is uh, rather, it, I mean, this is like a minefield, right? We, we come into recovery and this is just one of the many um, 
kinds of things that we're trying to navigate through and, and learn how to do better. So I would tell you this, if you mess up trying to do this, maybe you make this choice, you make a mistake, whatever, it's all good. Because for some of us, like myself, I needed to make those mistakes a couple of times to be able to even carry out the year of, uh, you know, abstinence from, from sex. And it was freaking awesome once I did it, but I never could have did it unless I made those mistakes. So like everything's a stepping stone. This is a process just like staying clean is a process or uh, fixing your marriage or whatever, anything, you know, it's, it's all. And it's not going to be a perfect process. Yeah, no, you're going to probably skin your knee and bump your fucking elbow and stuff like that. So just know that. Um, and even possibly have ill-advised sex. You may, that may happen too. Oh yeah. That may happen. So dude, <laughs> we got some feedback. We got a lot of feedback. We got a ton of feedback from the sober and serious community on this thing. Time now to hear what the sober and serious community says about this week's topic. Every week we share select responses to the weekly show topic, which is posted every Wednesday as the topic of the day on sober and serious on Facebook. Your experience, strength and hope continue to amaze and inspire. So keep up the great work, you guys. You know, I told you 65 comments. The first one was a, was a meme, which is difficult to um, say in words, but we're going to give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> it, it, the meme says, the 13th step is step one plus step 12. My life is unmanageable, and I'd like to share it with you. Yeah, and it's got a picture of Patrick Stewart in his like, uh, sexy robe with his <laughs> legs crossed. That is correct. Sitting, up, sitting outside looking all <laughs> dapper. Very good. All right. So we use initials to protect the innocent. Some of these people were not so innocent as they lodged attacks against me. But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, my, my topic was. The Maybe 13th... they'll listen to this and call their sponsor. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> the, the topic was the 13th step is the term for those who seek out folks who are new or vulnerable in the program in recovery for sex. Share your advice. Okay. Uh, CK said, my advice is that's a shitty topic for a recovery page. You're trying to control and be the arbiter of other people's sex conduct. And that goes against what the steps uh, we're supposed to do. Page 230 of the big book has a story. Uh, and uh, he shares, he says, I'm guessing you would have judged this man in this story on page 230. Uh, of the big book, which says in June 1945 with another member, I made my first and only 12 step call on a female alcoholic and a year later, I married her. She has been sober all the way through. And for me, this has been good. We can share in the laughter and tears of our many friends. And most important, we can share our AA way of life and are given a daily opportunity to help others. Right. And you know what, to be honest, uh, these things happen and that's a, that's a that's a that is a an outcome that can um that can manifest itself uh uh ck i would say that i i i will respectfully disagree that i think it's a important topic for a recovery page because 
there's a lot of ambiguity around it. It happens. And the more we know about it and the more we talk about it, the right. more we can understand what it is, how best to be able to handle ourselves around this kind of situation and ensure that we all are being the best examples of recovery we can be for ourselves and for others. So um, though I appreciate your feedback, I will respectfully disagree uh, with uh, the validity of the topic. Right. I mean, I, I, I'd stand on Saidia on that because it, you just you said it so perfectly. We can't uh, learn how to navigate these situations or come to a better understanding about them without talking about them. I mean, and it's a part of recovery. As you've seen, if you look, read the rest of the comments on that post, that some people have had some horrendous experiences surrounding this topic. Absolutely. Others have had the opposite effect. You know, right. there was one lady on there that said that she's been married. Or, you know, I'm sure you'll probably read it. Uh, but it's funny because, dude, you know, there's always going to be each extreme, but we need to not sit and like pretend that it's none of our business because we have a responsibility to the other people in this program, right? To protect and care for one another. So if we see some shit going down like that, we can't, you know, that somebody's being predatory or a dog to them, you know, and they're playing with somebody's emotions. We need to try to help them because dude, then, you know, it's dangerous to their recovery. And so. to hide behind the big book as a shield for predatory or harassing behavior is just not okay right so that's where i'll draw the line and that's where my uh where i'll get a little fierce on it because there are people that use the big book as a defense for bad behavior right and that's just not okay no so jf says i sit on the board for one of the aa houses in the twin cities and it has gotten so bad that it's almost turned into a into sexual harassment we've had to construct a statement to be read at every meeting to remind people that this behavior is not acceptable nor is it tolerated aa right. should be a safe haven for everyone and it sucks to have to remind people of that i love that and it that's one of my favorite ones that I've seen on there when I looked at it. Absolutely. And uh, JF is my sponsor and I love him dearly. And thank you so much for the feedback there. Oh, that's uh, your sponsor. <laughs> that's my sponsor. What up? Yeah. <laughs> I like your sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the best. CSB says, but we let God be the final judge. We realize that some are as fanatical about sex as others are loose. We avoid hysterical thinking and advice is someone who asks several times a predator, some would say yes, and that after hearing it for the fourth or fifth time, maybe they say yes, and then they're happy they did, right? Um, and, you know, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting way to frame it, right? What I would say to that is, and what I did say to that was, it's all in the eye of the beholder. No, if my advances on another are unwanted and I persist, if the right. object of my affections has asked me to stop and I proceed four, five, or more times, then I am in the wrong. No? Well, I think even if you 
proceed one more time because that's yeah. no means no. No doesn't mean yes, and no doesn't mean maybe. I mean, it's that sounds like something out of the rapist handbook. What I just said, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> it's it's crazy because yeah. some people just think that they know you know they know you better and you know yourself, and that you know it's it's like, dude, how deluded are you? You know, like you're bothering this chick, like she doesn't want you. You know, I've had to do that a couple times. Like, bro, just back off, chill out. Uh, that's that's obviously not for you man (laughs) you know (laughs) absolutely agree right tj says and this is a a, this is another that uh, teed off on me well we're going to read it anyway because we don't hide (laughs) from it no i'm so sick and tired of hearing about the 13th step bs because here's what you're essentially doing by saying that you're saying that one person is a victim and one person is an oppressor which is Mm -hmm. against everything in aa we are learn to get rid of our victim mentality and learn not to put ourselves in those positions. It's our responsibility to look out for ourselves. And more importantly, if we used, if we were used to talk to that person to express our feelings and move on and be grateful for the lesson learned and the opportunity to stand up for ourselves. Uh, And now here's the thing, the beginning of his comment, I think was uh, kind of threw me off because it's like, don't don't pretend to know what what he thought or feels personally when right. he wrote, when he wrote this topic out. Um, that's ridiculous. But I will agree with the rest of what you said as far as you know that if we're working a program that we're gonna learn our worth and we're gonna learn how to stand up for ourselves and what's okay and what's not okay and what we're willing to put up with and you know shit like that. Hell yeah. That's, you know, the miracles of the program for sure, dude. So I think your heart was in the right place with this comment, but maybe like you might need to look at that because you're getting a little too fired up. Like you don't need to like, <laughs> don't need to like snap off on Charles and act like he's a fucking piece of shit, dude. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know what though? Um, I get where that comes from. It's hitting a nerve. I do too. Right? I do too. So and okay. uh, that, but I'm just pointing it out too, yeah, you know, because, because sure. we need it. We are each other's mirrors, dude. And if we don't, like, I want you to tell me if I got something big ass thing stuck in my teeth and I'm talking, I'm looking like an idiot. Absolutely. Whatever. You yep. know, yep. if I got broccoli years. in my teeth, please tell me. Amen. So it's nothing personal. And I really love what you said uh, other than that beginning part. It's like, don't, you don't got to do that, dude. It's not about who's right, who's wrong, who's, who's better and who it's, but it is all, you know, hopefully we are working a program and we are learning these things because absolutely. And hopefully we are learning to stick up for ourselves and to, um, you know, draw boundaries and, and defend those boundaries. Um, right. And not, but but now actually that just made me think of this too. We are talking about the 13th step and that's regarding, um, people who are brand new, you know, who aren't equipped, who haven't done this work, who don't have the skills yet. Uh, so, you know, maybe you didn't realize that when you, when you Truth. kind of berated them too, because Truth. yeah, for us, we, we better know better. Absolutely. Yeah. Five years be, in, we right? need to be the Three, example yeah, right. and shit, <laughs> yeah, right. but, but, but this isn't a, what this topic is. Right? No doubt about it. And you're right. People new in recovery, new in the program are vulnerable for that. Spe- one for, for largely that specific reason, they don't have those uh, skills yet. Right. Yeah. And we need to Which learn. Why them. is why they may, why they often make easy prey. 
But I did like what he said, though. Like the, LS you know, says, as a woman who was scared away from AA the first time I got home from treatment by a man who claimed to want to help, mm. but clearly had romantic interests, I can say it's a serious detriment to the goal of AA, which is to help the still suffering alcoholic. Six years later, I went back to a woman's meeting first. After I started going to co-ed meetings, I saw that fella pick up his seven-year chip. Wow. He was new and maybe didn't know better, but he was the reason I didn't feel safe in AA back then. Right. Now the program and the fellowship of AA has been the keystone to triumphant arch through which I walked to freedom and all that fun stuff. Amen. But it's serious, and I don't even like 13-step jokes because they send the impression that that kind of behavior will not only be tolerated, but be made light of and laughed at. I understand the AA traditions very well now. So I understand how hard it is to regulate anyone's behavior or enforce boundaries under the circumstances. However, I think that AA groups should consider the group's primary purpose as outlined in the traditions and do something to discourage and deal with any behaviors at clubhouses and meeting spaces that would cause unsafe environments for members. You can't stop people from behaving a certain way. And as was, my, as was previously mentioned, it's not our place to take another's inventory. You right. can take reasonable measures, though, to discourage unhealthy and unsafe behaviors on the individual and group level. That's yeah. helpful even if it feels minuscule. If one right. person is scared away from help, that could save their life be, uh, that could save their life just because that somebody wants a little attention or action, that's tragic. And it happens, and this is in caps, all the time. Here's a woman who clearly uh, is in a different place today than she was right. when that, that initially happened, you know, and that this is her next go, but she, you, I mean, you can just tell that she's put in a lot of time, energy, effort and work into her recovery because she's, you know, she's, she's being, uh, she's sticking to the facts and she's being very, she's not getting like emotionally worked up about it, even though you can tell that it's something that's serious to her. Um, and yeah, that's why I had put in my, like when you asked me what it meant to me or whatever, and I kind of mentioned, you know, I just think it's people that are hooking up in early recovery because I think that the most 13 stepping is probably done by people who are early in recovery and maybe not so much with like these people who have had long-term recovery targeting newcomers. I'm not saying that both don't happen all the time, but I think that if, you know, I had to guess, I would think the numbers would be more in the way of just new people because we're like fuck and like you said before you know like we're awakening sexually absolutely <laughs> man it's like oh hey little buddy i didn't think you worked anymore you know <laughs> csb says it's a sad commentary that we have people who disregard what the program the book actually says about this topic and use the idea of the wholly made up 13th step to judge condemn and hate people and try to manipulate and control them. It also creates a victim class and a victim mentality with regard to our sex conduct. There is no 13th step. It is made up and uh, an exercise in judgment. And we would do well to show people the inventory on this topic and help them rather than judge them when, which goes against all we claim to be. Hmm. Now, 
I'll agree in part. Right. That he when seemed like he was happy, a little unnecessarily upset himself there. He was. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, but I will agree that when people generally are acting badly, it would be a uh, wise to get those folks focused on uh, working the steps, doing some inventory around it, and I'm assuming he's talking about the sex inventory from he is fourth, yeah he's talking about step five step. yep well, yeah he's fourth, essentially fourth talking step. step four and five yep right okay because I was thinking if the thirteenth step's not real how are you telling me that there's a inventory on thirteenth <laughs> step <laughs> but no and with that being said I think that's a great suggestion too for show notes we should put that in the you absolutely know, yep. Yep, because that will help you be able to navigate your own sex conduct. Amen. And ensure that it aligns with the principles of the program, right? (laughs) What did he say at the beginning? Like he said that you were condemning and like read that part because he's saying that you, right? Like that you, Charles. It is a sad commentary. That we have people who disregard what the program and book actually says about this topic and use the idea of the wholly made-up 13th step to judge, condemn, hate, and try to manipulate and control people. Wow, you're doing a lot there, Charles. <laughs> Dude, CSB, man. Now go back and read the his post again and tell me where he treats any or says anything that's hateful or condemning or any of those things that you just rattle off. Like, seriously, bro, chill <laughs> out. Yeah. Well, it's, there's, there might be some projection there. I don't know where the fuck that came from. I was like, <laughs> what? Like, he, Charles did all that? Damn, I'm, I must be yeah. dense as fuck because I didn't right, notice that he yeah, did any right. of yep, that. Yep, yep. You know, and again... Sorry, um, I'm getting, uh, now I'm defending you, man, but that's... And I appreciate it, brother. That's pretty and I think, harsh. Look, people, pe- ultimately, um, no, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm not hating anybody. No. I, and I am not judging anybody, right? Um, what I am saying is that this happens and that we would be wise and well off to ensure that our behavior does not ultimately cross that line into 13th stepping, right? And that our behavior is indeed aligned with the principles of the program, uh, and that includes our sex conduct as well. Amen. All right, man. We got um, a yeah, DC sorry, says. I, sorry, I blew up there. By the way, hey, hey I love. <laughs> I just you, got a little. I was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. It's uh, DC says it's predatory. It's done by both the sexes. It's people switching from chemical escape to sexual escape. Mm-hmm. I was guilty of it. I was called out. I learned, and my recovery is better for it. Amen. Hell See, yeah, that's DC. what I'm saying. We're going to make mistakes, dude, and it's all right. You know, figure Absolutely. it out. We figure out as we go. Uh, BV says, if you're attracted to someone new or under a year, show some decency for them in the program by leaving them alone. Mm. Uh, not Boom. bad advice, I would say. Pretty, pretty, pretty simple. S G S G K. I thought you said S-gay. I did. I did. S G. 
K says 13th okay. stepped and now we've been together for 17 years and I love him like no other. Good yeah. for you. Was that I think the, that's tremendous. Oh, isn't that same lady? I think she, or is it a different one that said it's like seven times longer than any relationship they had before? That I didn't see. But what I can say is RK says there are definitely meetings around the area that are known for being 13th step meetings. We are mm. all in early sobriety and therefore our emotions are very vulnerable. Sex is just another addiction we can tack on. However, oh, yeah. I did meet my current boyfriend in rehab and we are very happy in getting healthy together. So no big opinion on this one, to be honest. <laughs> Dude, I I was well, laughing. Well, RK, that I hope that works really well for you. I really do. Yeah, dude, yeah. may yeah. may you be blessed for sure. Hundred uh, percent. TQ says the original thirteenth step was to die sober. Mm. I did not know that. That's cool. Uh, TR, who I love, says I have no advice, only experience. Stay away from predators and flatterers. Well, it may be really uncomfortable. Real growth happens by sticking with the folks who share their experience, good and bad, and who dare to look you in the eye and tell you just how awful their self-centered choices really are when you are about to do the same thing. Damn right. Yeah, because I know I don't know about you, dude, but I I listen more when they already went through it. You know, like they're speaking from their experience and not just telling me what I need to do. Absolutely correct, yeah. man. Absolutely. That was a lot, man. That was a lot that we just got through. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and it's a heavy, but I think that lady, um, the one that I was just talking about with the, you know, that has had this long-term relationship. I think we were talking back and forth in the, you know, like I responded to it and then, and then she responded to me. And I think we, I think that's maybe where she said, I think that must be the same lady. She she was saying it was like way longer than any other previous relationship. And I'm like, that's amazing, man. Like, that is great. You? That's phenomenal. I know quite and a few couples that are now absolutely. married or, or uh, you know, that have absolutely. been together since bef like maybe right around the time I first started coming in and they're going strong and now they just got married. And I know a handful of these uh, kinds of relationships. So, I think it's awesome. I, I just know in my experience, like what had happened to me, I just couldn't get past my own shit. Right. Like I was, I was still not ready, you know, and I, but I needed to uh, make the mistake to learn just how not ready I was or to bring out, draw out these parts of myself that were so buried that then I was like, Holy fuck. You know, like I thought that I was, in better shape than this. I thought I was more solid than this, but like, I'm clearly like, I need to, I need more time or I need to work more on these kinds of areas uh, without being involved. Cause I need, you know, a relationship can't be a relationship if you're always feeling fearful. Right. I always so, felt like this. Look, I didn't even, I needed to work on myself. I needed to make sure that I had all of the, uh, time and emotional capacity to be able to do the work that I needed to do to get well. And I also really believed that, and my sponsor was really good at reminding me of this, that you know, I really didn't have a lot to give in the beginning. Amen. And so but I, I really wanted to be able to bring something meaningful to a relationship, and I really wasn't able to do that 
uh, for the first handful of years because right. I was really working on trying to be the person I, I, I wanted to be in that I knew that the God of my understanding needed me to be. And until I was, you know, comfortably closer to being that person, I really didn't feel good about being in a relationship because being in a relationship, a real one that I'm in now requires a lot out of me in terms of what I give. And so, and now that I've been able to, uh, that I did the work that I needed to do and I'm in a relationship and it's, it's a really great, but it's relationships are work. Amen. See, that's what I'm saying. Like you could do what you think is, you know, like you can get to the point where you, you're like, I have come a long way and like, I'm a completely different fucking person and I think I'm ready for this. And then you can, you can try it. And, uh, you, you quickly more will be revealed to you. You know, your a relationship is going to uh, bring things to light that you you have to focus on now, and and it's about um, at least being in a healthy enough spot where we can go through that because that's a hard thing to go through and still show up for that other person and still make that decision to to press forward. Right, like that's what a real relationship is. I never knew that. I knew tuck tail and run uh or push away yeah, you know or or i knew relationships that you know fed my ego and fed my you know um my self-esteem i knew those kinds of relationships and when they no longer did those things and they no longer served me in those ways right. i was done with them i knew those kinds of relationships but i really didn't know relationships that were an authentic give and take Amen, dude. And it's a learning process too. So, so before we close, I would say this. If on a daily basis, I am asking the God of my understanding to equip me with the tools I need and the willingness to be the best example of recovery I can be. Then, and to align myself in a pure way regarding my motives and intent, then I don't have to concern myself too much with getting wrapped up in 13-step behavior. Amen, dude. Right? And yeah. so that's that's where I fall back to is continuing to ask the God of my understanding to be to help me be of maximum service to him and to the people around me on a daily basis, right? Mm-hmm. That's that, that's what it comes down to. Next week we're talking about rule number 62. And what is that? Don't take yourself too serious. I love it. Yeah, I think it was funny. Like when we came, you you said something about thirteen step, and then all of a sudden that popped in my head. So it was like this quick little 
30 second like on air production meeting that I think was good ideas. Like I got to say, man, I feel like this, uh, like this show here, this 13th step one was a really good, like really like important, Important. you know what I mean? Agreed. Really important shit that needs to be talked about. Agreed. 100%. And rule 62, man, will be really important because let's let, let us not take us ourselves too seriously here. Right. Um, and let's try to have some fun along the way. Otherwise, what's the point, right? If we're not having fun, then nobody's going to want this thing uh, very much. Yeah, that's going to be good, man. Hopefully we can get some listener input on that. (laughs) Thank you, brother. You did a spectacular job as always. Thanks, man. You did too. All right. And thank you, everybody in Way Out Podcast land. We will talk to you next time. Peace, guys. Thank you for being a part of The Way Out. We appreciate your ears. We're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week. So keep listening up. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, dot com. There you can subscribe to The Way Out Podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time. And remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will.